What is going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Coast to Coast Podcast. You see Jose repping it. It's Marvel time, you know. Odyssey, the huge release. We've been waiting for Spider-Man to come out. Uh, I can't spoil anything yet. I'm the only one that on this podcast that has seen it so far. But I can just tell you, it's amazing. There's, It's amazing. Just go watch it as soon as you can. Uh, if you've ever liked the superhero movie or just, it's a good movie. Uh, another fact, we're going to hop straight into it. Um, crazy uh, week of football because it's a lot of stuff coming down to the wire. And there's a lot of stuff that's happening, um, not only in NFL, but in college football. Some huge things, just to rant real quick. Travis Hunter, uh, the number one athlete, the number one player in this upcoming class with a shocking decision to drop his two-year commitment, almost two-year commitment to Florida State University to go play for Jackson State and Deion Sanders at an FCS school. The first time ever since rankings have begun that an FCS player ranked a five-star has gone to an FCS school. Absolutely ridiculous. Travis Hunter is an amazing talent. He's going to learn behind uh, potentially probably the best corner we've ever seen in the NFL and Deion Sanders. Uh, couldn't be more, couldn't be more better situation for him. Uh, people are saying that Barstool threw some money at him, saying that he's got $1.5 million contract. Uh, people are thinking that Deion's like, hey, come play with me for a year. I'll coach you. Uh, I'm getting that FSU, FSU job the second Mike Norvell gets out there, and uh, you're going to come over to play at FSU with me. So crazy stuff. And then obviously in the NFL, we got Urban Meyer uh, being released, um, parting ways with the Jaguars. It just It's fitting. You know, all that stuff coming out, Lambo getting kicked in the leg, you know, the fight with Marvin Jones, allegedly, it just seemed like it wasn't going to work. You know, from the start, it seemed like, man, this guy's like, he's a wizard when it comes to football. Like, he's going to be the guy to lead Trevor Lawrence. And, hey, I think for the rest of this season, whether you're in the playoffs or you're still fighting for the playoffs, maybe a Trevor Lawrence, you know, throw him in there, he might be able to do good. I think they got a game upcoming this week versus the Texans, uh, a battle between two really bad teams. We could see him really step up when he's not being overshadowed by uh, the Urban Meyer shadow. But, hey, I gave a little rant. Jose, how are we doing so far? Pretty good, man. I'm hyped for this Spider-Man movie. Like, probably the most hyped I've ever been for any movie ever. Like, I've only I've only heard more things that make me hype about it. Um, but, like, as far as football, man, like, our fantasy, our fantasy playoffs is starting. Oh, my – Man, tough loss, man. It was it was tough. I mean, Jose alluded to it. Uh, Our fantasy playoffs did start, and uh, I was in a matchup between one of the other guys in our league. uh, One of the guys that's been one of the consistently best players. Uh, It came down Monday Night Football. I was down seventy points going into it, Uh, but I had Kyler, I had Connor, I had uh, Sony Michelle, I had Van Jefferson, I had uh, yeah, and man. Things went my way. Things didn't go my way. An outstanding performance from James Conner, but I lost by 1.2 points. It was a heartbreaker. Walked around some juice world. But, hey, comes down to it. It is what it is. I you know what's funny? I think last year I played Chan in the first round of the playoffs, and we were going toe-to-toe, like, in almost the same way. And I had, like, a stack of, uh, of Bills players. I had, like, Josh Allen, Zach Moss, and Destefan Days or something. Yeah. I mean, I was starting KJ Osborne and Van Jefferson at my receiver positions, and they only went off because I think both went for like 50 plus yard touchdowns. Like that was the sole reason why, like, they even kept me in there. Like I didn't have Allen, I didn't have Pittman, 
it was, it was a crazy week. But hey, shit happens in fantasy. You know, I, I made a run for it. I was three and one, or I think, yeah, I was about to be three and one after my Austin Eckler trade. Uh, but hey, shit happens. But hey, you know, we're here to give you advice. You know, in some situations, I think it was a smart decision. The guy that I ended up making the trade with kind of lost out because, you know, he went one and three while I, you know, reap the rewards. Because sometimes having the best player on your team, if you're struggling, you got to get rid of him because you got to get value while you can. It's one of the biggest things in fantasy because, you know, hey, like first four weeks, a guy's going absolutely insane. Like you don't, it's not always going to be a Cooper Cup situation. Like sometimes you might just got to get the value when you can. And that's probably one of the most valuable things that I've learned in fantasy so far is that there's going to be times when it backfires, but there's also plenty of times. I know in my situation, there's been two huge times that making a trade, trading my one of my best players has led me uh, to winning successfully. But we got to talk about this week of football, though. And uh, nothing crazier starting off with a Thursday night banger. We got the Vikings playing host to the Steelers at U.S. Bank Stadium in Minneapolis. And this came down. This this could have been the reason I won my fantasy matchup too, because it came down. Uh, I believe I don't know what down it was, but it was the goal on the goal line. Um, ben Roethlisberger goes back for a pass. All his guys covered on the outside, but none other than the most reliable rookie tight end we've seen this year. Pat Fryermuth, seven total touchdowns. Um, insane. Goes goes for the catch and gets popped by one of the, obviously one of the best safeties in the league in Harrison Smith. And he can't hold on to it, and the Steelers fall short. I uh, still would have uh, had to get a two-point conversion, but nonetheless, Jose, uh, I don't know if you watched any of this game or what were your takeaways uh, from a Steelers team that now with a loss, I don't know what their AFC North chances look like despite this crazy division, but I'll hand it off to you. Yeah, I was kind of monitoring this game from my phone. Um, I, I don't think I was home when it was going on, but I remember – I think first half Vikings were up like 20 something. And I was like, wow, like this is, this is a fucking blowout. The Steelers look bad. Like this is bad. And then as I kept checking the score, the Steelers slowly started to come back. And I mean, everyone talks about the, you know, the chase Claypool first down with the clock still running, no timeouts, man, the Steelers team, it's, it's a mess. This, this season was, Honestly, I would say an overachieving season for them because I, I expect them to be a lot worse than this. And for them to stay as competitive as they've been, you know, for this long is, I would say, a W. And I think Ben Roethlisberger has even said this is his last season with the team. Um, you know, they need a big shakeup. Uh, and whether, you know, I don't know if Mike Tomlin, you know, is going to stay there or, or what, but they, they definitely need a big shakeup going forward, a, a youth movement per se. Mm-hmm. I think one of the things that I've talked about with Chase, you know, a huge Steelers fan, good friend of ours, uh, and I've seen on mock drafts, go out there and get Kenny Pickett. Get a guy that plays literally in that stadium at Pitt, uh, University of Pittsburgh. I think he's going to be a guy that's going to fall around that range. You know, obviously we don't know yet but the way the draft process goes because we don't have a definitive QB1 in this class. But I think you get a big, strong guy like Pickett, you know, keep the same sort of play style you can do that you did with Roethlisberger and all the years that he succeeded. Uh, because, I mean, Roethlisberger is a fine quarterback, but there's still many limitations to his game. And he's just – he's going to be gone after this year. You don't want to be relying on Dwayne Haskins going in the next season because I think you can always start a guy like him or um, Randolph – I mean, Rudolph to start the year, but then you want to have a guy like a Pickett, you know, like a Howell, like a, a Corral – to step in there 
uh, like, you know, week five, week six, some sort of situation like that. You know, you never know if you're going to find the next Mac Jones who can be a starter right away and lead your team to a top AFC seed. Um, But yeah, interesting game there. We'll move on. OT, a lot of really close games this week uh, in some of the matchups that we were really talking about uh, the episode before. Uh, 49ers win in an overtime win, uh, going 20-20 into overtime. Bengals and McPherson gets a field goal for them. And then Jimmy G throws it down. Brandon Ayuk runs it in. Uh, caps off a day where we saw George Kittle absolutely dominate. Uh Asserting himself back up there because Kelsey's been kind of bad this year. You know, he's not been the guy that we'd expected and um, should be having a favorable matchup tonight uh, going up against the Chiefs and just, I mean, going up against the Chargers in a couple hours in Inglewood. But, um, Jose, do you still believe in both teams? Is there only one team you believe in? Like, what's what's your feeling in this game? Yeah, I was really surprised that the Niners, you know, took charge of this game the way that they did. At one point, I was like, this is – you know, this is over for the Niners. After they missed that field goal, I was like, this is like the Niners season is done because we talked about this last se- or last episode. Like this was a must win game for both teams. Um, and the Niners, you know, they continue to fight. They continue to stay in that playoff picture. And with, I mean, with the loss from Washington football team, I think, you know, their spot is looking slowly more solidified in there. Who knows, you know, if they'll actually be able to make it out the wild card, but. You know, I I do believe in the Niners, this Niners team slowly more now. And this Bengals team, they, they fought, you know, they fought pretty hard. Mixon, Mixon was great. Jamar Chase looked amazing. Um, CJ Uzama had a big catch towards the end there. But it, it might be too early for this Bengals team. They are in a stack division. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, but you were talking about the football team that's got to make me talk about uh, a win in the Cowboys uh, almost came back on them, almost came back on them. I believe uh, Holcomb got like a pick six down there, um, and then it's kind of getting scrappy. But, man, I can't be talking about defensive plays without talking about a guy that as much as the bias in me wants to say, like, you know, he's having that Nick Bosa rookie season, he might be having a better one because this guy, Micah Parsons, he's looking like a top six defender in the NFL the way he's been playing right now. Like going forward in the next couple of years, there's a real short list of guys you would rather have than Micah Parsons. And Jose, I'm going to let you talk about uh, perhaps your new franchise centerpiece in uh, the Penn State linebacker edge corner. Oh, if he's had offensive lineman snaps, like talk about your boy. I don't know, man. I mean, when, when we, when we made this pick, I was really kind of shook. I was like, why are we taking a linebacker when, you know, we have clear holes at the safety position. We have clear holes at you know, Oh, line which we still do, but, um, I mean, you know, this kid from Penn State, like, he's special, man. He he makes plays, and I'm like, how is it possible that this dude is not a running back? He's so quick off the edge. He's so fast. Almost almost reminds me of, like, the Kayvon Thibodeau on the edge. You know, when I see Kayvon, you know, playing college, he's super quick off the edge, absolute speed rush, and, uh, you know, a menace, like an absolute menace. You're you're watching out for him every single play. Uh, you know he can do it in coverage. He can do it on on the line. He's he's special. He's truly special. And a player, I'm I'm excited to keep watching. You know for years and years and years. But as far as like this Cowboys team, now that we're fully healthy, 
our D line looks scary. I mean, D Law looked great. Um, not Tyrone Crawford. What is it? Randy Gregory looked great. Um, Gallimore. Yeah, Gallimore looked great. Diggs is surprisingly the one that hasn't looked that great. I mean, he got absolutely mossed in this game by Cam Sims. <laughs> the five star from Alabama that never amounted to anything, but. <laughs> Hey, I mean, he must. Bam on Bama. Bam on Bama. NFL's a interception leader, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, I mean, offensively, we looked bad, though. Like, genuinely, yeah. offensively, we looked so stagnant, and it just didn't really feel like we were drawing up plays to, to win the game. I mean, I yeah. think after we went up, like, 21, we were kind of just, yeah, let's just kind of run the game out, but there was still a lot of game left. Like, what would you say if I told you the beginning of this year that – Perhaps the Cowboys defense was going to be the strength of this team this year. I would I would have said you were lying because <laughs> I genuinely thought our team was going to be like a kind of how we were last year towards the beginning where we we're just going to outscore everyone. Mm-hmm. And I mean, to an extent, like we have been great offensively, like we're still a top offense in the league. But lately we have looked more and more stagnant. And whether that's due to injuries to the O-line, injuries to Zeke, obviously we lost our receivers for a few games. Um, you know, Donald Schultz has slowed down. Dak even himself hasn't looked like himself. But, I mean, I think if our defense is going to play like this every game, we've got a good shot in the playoffs, and I feel good about it. Um, you know, whoever we match up against in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I just got one more game to talk about. Uh, first of all, I talk about that. Uh, the Bills are frauds. I said it before. They might have competed with them, but they just played to the level of the competition. Uh, but, hey. Monday Night Football, we had the Rams face up against the Cardinals, a very heated NFC uh, West battle because everyone was looking forward towards it. The glitz and glamour of the L.A. team and the rising stars in Arizona. And it came down uh, to the Rams who just dominated them. Simple as that. And by the, the scoreboard looks completely different than what it really was. But Kyler uh, held to without a touchdown in this game. Uh, James Conner was the main receiving guy on this team, along with A.J. Green, who had a good game. Um, but Cup, Beckham, Jefferson dominating through the air. Uh, Michelle, despite not putting a fantasy day in, he put a really good game on the ground through a ga- ground control scheme. But I got to ask you, Jose, and Aaron Donald, three sacks, just making sure to put everyone on spot and let national television know that he's still the best defensive player in the NFL. No doubt about it. But I got to ask you, Jose, what is more important? Like, what's more dramatic here? The fact that the Rams, like, what's more important? The Rams winning or the Cardinals losing? Because now they sit within a game of each other in uh, the division, which is extremely important because uh, one of those guys might get a home seat advantage if the Packers don't keep going forward the way they are. But what do you think was more, like, costly? Like, the Rams winning or Cardinals losing? I think this was a a much more huge moment for the Rams, especially in an away game. I mean, for the past four games, have had the same record as the Lions. Like, they have looked bad for the past few games, and going up against the Cardinals in a huge divisional matchup, they make a statement, and they win, you know, in a, I would say, dominating fashion. Um, what was their, their corner's name? But he's had a great game. Great Rams corner? Darius Williams, that was his name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had a great game. Darius Williams, an insane game from him. Like, their defense is starting to really, you know, buckle down. And this this Cardinals team, 
as much as Kyler, you know, tried to do what he what he what he could, his O line sold at the end. Two fouls sent him back you know, about 20, 30 yards, and they just they couldn't they couldn't get it back. Donald came and got him. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, this was this was a huge game for the division. I think even though the Rams are second in this, you know, in this uh standings ladder, I think they are the more dominant team going forward into the playoffs. Yeah, it's interesting. Taking a look at the schedule, just starting from the beginning of the season, uh, the Cardinals, you know, it, it showed up on the screen, uh, have a bad home record. They're about 500 right now, three and three. I'm sorry, the Cardinals, my bad. Uh, but looking at the Cardinals, I mean, they beat the Niners by seven at home when the Niners hadn't really turned things around yet. Um, they're still injury riddled. Uh, they beat the Vikings by one point, and the Vikings were bad to start the year, uh, start of the season at least 0-2 from what I can see. Um they beat the Texans at home. Uh, they lost to the Panthers when they were shorthanded. Uh, and then they just lost to the Rams. They lost to the Packers as well. So probably the two best teams they've faced uh, at home, they've lost to, which I think – and, you know, even the Vikings, a pretty solid team, won by one point. So I don't know. Like, does this team not need home field advantage? Because maybe they need to have a better job getting the seventh <laughs> seed because uh, it doesn't seem to be working for them when they're playing at home. But – you know, interesting situation there. Uh, but, hey, I think, you know, coming to this part of the, uh, the podcast, we got to start asking each other some questions. And um, some questions that arise, uh, Austin, looking at the Giants, got absolutely humiliated uh, by the uh, Chargers. Justin Herbert was dotting all over the field. And it's an interesting team with the Giants because they have guys that promise at certain positions, but at the same time, it's just like, they can't keep waiting on these people. They can't keep waiting on Saquon to finally be the Saquon that he was in his rookie season. They can't keep waiting for Danny Dimes to turn things around. And I haven't even seen people trying to mock a quarterback to the Giants. Is it time to pull the plug on them? Say, hey, you've showed flashes, but at this point, we should we got to be winning because it's been too long since we've been out of the playoffs. Yeah. What would you got to say? I would say, you know, it is. It is time to pull the plug on Danny Dimes. You know, in the in a time where, you know, the leash on QBs is shorter than ever. I mean, we've seen guys be drafted in the first round and be cut within a season or two. Like Danny Dimes has shown us what he is. Like without a doubt, he has shown us what he is. And that's, you know, he can show flashes like of greatness at times, but he can also be, you know, the downfall of your team. And I think in a, in a decently strong quarterback class going into, into this draft, They've got to at least target that position, you know, and maybe not draft him in the first round, but target, you know, a, a decent round guy that can at least put pressure on Danny Dimes to, you know, be better because this is – they're not going to get anywhere with Danny Dimes. And that's that's the end of the story. Yeah, def, definitely agree on that. Um, and then, yeah, I got to ask you, I mean – I know you probably want to lean towards one team, but who would you pick right now to come out of the NFC? Seeing the Cardinals take this loss, seeing the Rams now get this win, the Packers continuing to dominate at the top. Um, other teams, you know, thrown in there that come, might make a push. Um, obviously, your Cowboys as well. Um, who, who, who's your pick right now if you got to make one? Um, the win out in the NFC. If you put money on today, uh, even odds, ignore odds and shit. You put $100, you win $100 uh, back. What What are you taking? As much as it pains me to say, give me Tom Brady in those Buccaneers. 
they look unstoppable right now. And they've got four bad teams coming up. New Orleans, Carolina, the Jets, and Carolina again. Granted, they did lose to New Orleans earlier in the season. That was, uh, you know, in New Orleans. But I, I think that without a doubt, they went out uh, unless they sit everyone week 18 and just decide to lose to P.J. Walker and the Panthers. But, like, this team, I would argue, looks better than last year's Buccaneers team at this point. Definitely. It's just the chemistry, you know. They brought back every single starter from that Super Bowl team. Um, and even, you know, with Antonio Brown having all this mischief this year, which uh, is he going to have a chance to play in the league anymore? Like the way that thing ended up, because like, like you got trust issues at that point. There's a guy, you know, extremely talented as he is, you know, lies about his vaccination status. It's a fake card. And then, you know, there's been other issues in the, I don't know. He's extremely talented, but man, when you got a guy like Mike Evans and man, Chris Godwin is maybe the most He's probably top three most underrated receivers in the league. He's ridiculous. He's a top 10 receiver. If he was on his own team as a wide receiver one, he'd be like insane. That's all I know. He's just he's even Rashad Perriman made that game winning play for them this week. Exactly. He covered the spread for me. I needed that clutch cover and he came through clutch. But um, one last question I got to ask before we start looking at uh, the team of the week and some uh, players, uh, the games we want to look out for next week. Um, who do you think this year has been the most underrated player? Let's say on the offensive side of the ball to keep things straight. Uh, I'll, give, I'll give you my pick. I'll give you some time to think. Uh, I got to say Hunter Renfro. This guy has been insane. Uh, just put up a monster game against the Chiefs uh, in a game where he didn't have Darren Waller playing alongside him, but – Man, 117 yards, 13 catches, and a touchdown. Um, currently for Renfro right now, he's got 86 receptions for 877 yards and five touchdowns on pace for over 1,000 and over 100 receptions. Um, he's had some big games. The last three games he's played in, he's gone over 100 yards and over eight receptions. He's just been a monster. I mean, he's been clowned on his entire career because it seemed like he was at Clemson for about damn near like decade. But um, I don't know if you decided a guy on what you're looking at, but uh, who do you think offensive side of the ball has been having an extremely underrated season? I'm looking right now. There's a couple guys here that strike me. Tyler Lockett's a thousand yard receiver this season already Mm -hmm. with four games to go or three or four games to go. However many he's got five touchdowns in a thousand yards in a, in a season where, you know, we all expected DK Metcalf to be that guy and he just hasn't. He hasn't been that guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, Joe Burrow's top eight in passing. He's been really good. He's over Dak Prescott mm-hmm. um, in touchdowns. Just, and then there's, like, guys like Lamar who are barely cracking top 20 in passing yards. Wow. That's disappointing. I mean, Deontay Johnson's also top 10 in receiving yards. He's been – Amazing. Monster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Galen Waddle. Yeah. We, I, a, I was going to say. As a wide receiver one next year? Like, I'm, I dra- I'm drafting him and Javante Williams are two of my favorite young guys going into next year because, man, if they bring back Melvin Gordon, I swear to God. Like, Javante had a really good week in fantasy this week, but if you take away his touchdowns, like, it wasn't really anything crazy because Melvin's got so much work. Um, yeah. 
Okay, wait, wait, wait. I want to play a game really quick because this is interesting. Uh, let me just look up something really quick. You're going to do like player A, player B or something like that? Yep, yep. All right, all right. I'm here for it. What was his? Hey, while Jose's looking that up, shout out to the GOAT himself, Steph Curry, for breaking the three-point record. We obviously knew it was coming, but in the brightest lights of Madison Square Garden, hit that banger. But hey. All right. You ready? Jose. Player A, 753 yards, 92 – oh, wait. That's reset. That's targets. Okay. 56 receptions and – is that touchdowns? Yes. Wait, I lost. Oh, okay. Eight touchdowns. Yeah. Versus 52 receptions, 740 yards, and three touchdowns. Player B was drafted as wide receiver 129 – Okay, and that was uh, – player B was the first guy you read? Okay, wait. Let me read it again. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Player A. Player A was drafted as wide receiver six in PPR. Okay. Overall, 20. Like, player. 753 yards, 56 receptions, and eight touchdowns. Versus player B, who was drafted as wide receiver – 52 overall, 129. Okay. Player and A is Hopkins, right? No. Huh. It's DK Metcalf versus player B, Darnell Mooney. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I thought, I thought Mooney for the second guy could be the second guy, but wow. Yeah, and they're within 10 yards and a couple touchdowns of each other. No, yeah. Mooney's been ridiculous this year. That's, that's crazy to see. Damn. And, yeah, I, I was like, damn, if I could DK this year, it's going to be crazy. But, wow. Yeah. That's insane. It just goes to show who Russ has that connection with. As much as DK, DK is talented. Yeah. Damn. That is crazy. But um, one second. We're going to take a look at the fantasy team of the week. Brought to you by Coast to Coast Podcast. Jose, do you perhaps know who QB1 is this week? Was this last week? Wasn't it Tom Brady? Honestly, it probably was, but let's just take a look. I feel like it was. Oh, Josh Allen. Josh Allen put up a valiant effort against Tom Brady, who was second on the list. But Allen in that game against the Bucks, 308 yards, two touchdowns through the air, and uh 109 yards rushing in a touchdown. Uh, crazy to see that kind of went under the radar this week. Uh, taking a look at our running backs, Dalvin Cook, dominating performance, went against me uh, with 35.2 against Steelers. But, hey, my running back this week, James Conner, 33.5, dominated in the receiving game. It's tons of volume. Uh, now we take a look, wide receivers, perhaps the two best guys this year, uh, Devontae Adams and Cooper Cup. Uh, Adams with 34.1, Cup with 31.3. And then taking a look at tight end, George Kittle, 34.1 points. I think maybe the best tight end performance we've seen this year. Uh, or actually, no, I think second best. His his bet, his Kittle's best was, yeah. I think, last week or two weeks ago when he went off. But um, then at our flex, we were just talking about him, Hunter Renfro. 28.7 points in this game against the Chiefs. Um, your defense, the Chiefs put up 25 points 
in that dominating uh, fashion uh, against the Raiders. And looking at our number one kicker, um, I believe it was – there's someone that put up like 20, wasn't there? Oh, no, Matt Prater, 16. He should have had more, though. They should have, you know, gave him that shot towards the end of the half to hit that 50-something yard field goal because man's like that. Man's like that. But man, now we're going to head into games, heading in the next week. Honestly, kicking off in just about an hour from now, get the Chiefs playing the Chargers on Thursday Night Football. Predictions right now. We all see it's not going on. Um, I'm taking the Chargers. I think the Chargers are going to pull something off without their home fans there because they don't have home fans. Uh, I think they're going to do something. I think it's going to be a shootout. I think this was the game I picked for game of the year. Uh, I'd love to see it happen tonight. But Yeah, I, I would love to see a good game. I, I don't even think I'm going to be able to watch it because um, I'm going to the gym in about 30 minutes and then I'm going to the Spider-Man premiere. But hopefully we see a great game. I'll probably watch it once we get back. But I got I got the Chargers too. Give me give me the Chargers. They've they've looked really good lately. Give me a hey, give me the over. Give me Travis Kelsey to score a touchdown and go over on his yardage. He's been in a slump. L.A. cannot defend the tight end position. Uh, mm-hmm. One of the games I'm super interested in. We got the Saturday games coming in now. But Patriots Colts. I feel like that's about as much as an even match we can get. Colts are getting two and a half points in this, uh, which I think is pretty generous uh, because the Patriots have been rolling this year. I think a team that can defend the run uh, in the Colts. So is Mac Jones going to have to stop handing the ball off and throw some balls here this week? We'll have to see, you know, in Lucas Oil, so that's in a dome. Uh, they don't have to worry about the weather conditions out there in Indianapolis. Um, who are you thinking is going to win this game, Jose? Give me the Pats. The Colts just lost a, a big, you know, heartbreaker against the Bucks. They just – they don't look like they can close out games against good teams. And, yeah. I mean, this could be, you know, this is huge for their divisional their divisional uh, standings because the Titans are starting to pull away. So, the Colts yeah. really need this, but I got the Pats. Yeah, give me – give me – give me – give me the Pats, too. I think J.C. Jackson's going to lock down Michael Pittman. I'm not starting him. That's yeah. fancy. I can't trust him. And just leave him on an island. Because you got to stack the box and make sure Jonathan Taylor does not get through. But hey, if any man can outcoach uh, any coach in the league, it's Bill Belichick, a guy who should be winning coach of the year this season. Um, further looking down the board at some more games, Jose, your boys heading into East Rutherford, New Jersey, take on uh, the Giants. We think it's going over 10 and a half on the spread. We think they're covering it by a mile. No, nah, no, nah, we're gonna win by like a field goal. <laughs> we're gonna, we're barely gonna pull this one out. It's gonna look like super difficult. Um, Micah Parsons will probably have a sack. Uh, Tony Pollard, if he plays, will probably have a, a big run. But it's gonna, we're gonna give up a ton of points unless Danny Jones isn't playing. If it's Mike Glennon, um, then I think we win by a lot. But if not, I think it's relatively close because they always play us well, and we always underperform against the Giants. Yeah. And, hey, two more games, two teams with the exact same records and playoff implications on the line. We got the Eagles facing up against the Washington football team at the link. Um, obviously, your other two divisional uh, rivals going up against each other. Um, they're currently giving Philly nine and a half points against Washington. Uh, that's – what is that? That's ridiculous. I'm taking plus nine and a half. What the hell? A divisional game? And yeah. that's oh, – Wow. Uh, there must be who is, is the entire Washington football team out? Hold up. Mm-hmm. Okay, McLaurin's questionable, and 
Yeah. McClure, I think he'll play. I think he was going through concussion protocol. I yeah, think he should yeah, he was. play Sunday. But Hurts uh, is questionable too. So like Hurts is Hurts has also been dealing with some stuff. He's been out for the past like week or two. But even if Minshew plays, like I think nine and a half. I'm hoping I'll move on in the second this episode ends because that's yeah. way too much points. Give me yeah. give me the Washington football team to cover. Uh give me the Eagles to win though. Um yeah. but uh Bengals. Broncos had the same record? Like, what? Like, the Broncos okay. started off the year so good, then they were so shit. Now they're back in seven and six. Like, it's been the running game that's been on their back. Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams, like I mentioned, dominated in their game against Detroit. Um, and they should look to continue to do so against the Bengals team um, that they got to learn how to dominate the run against because that's going to be – it's going to be back and forth, rushing and rushing uh, because – those two guys, two teams have studs at the running back positions. Uh, currently, Denver is getting two and a half points as a home favorite because it's mile high. You know, one of the hardest places to play in. Uh, it's not Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, yeah. Jose, who are you taking in this game? Give me the Bengals. Give me the Bengals. I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna dominate offensively. I mean, this Bengals team just put on a clinic against the Niners. Sadly, they just. You know, took, took a tough loss there, but I think they're coming back with a vengeance against a Broncos team that, you know, without their run game can look pretty stagnant at times. And Teddy B, you know, he's, he's really not – he's not amazing, and I think Joe Burrow's going to outduel him. Yeah, I think Burrow's going to have his moment out there in mile high. Um, we're going to see an interesting matchup. Are we going to see Sertan mashed up on Jamar Chase? You know, two, two guys that have played against each other in college going up against each other in the pros. Uh, you know, Alabama, LSU, can't be at two bigger schools than that uh, facing off against each other. I'd love to see that. I'm definitely going to tune in if we're seeing that. Um, otherwise, you know, Saints, minus, a, uh, minus 11 with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We think the Saints pull something off, or is that magic ending off? Because I know that they're the ones that own top, top, of, top of Brady. So, I mean, did uh, – was Jameis still in when they played last time? Oh, that's yeah. the game he got hurt. That's the game he got hurt. Oh. But, yeah, you got Taysom in there for this game. Nah. Uh, nah. Taysom doesn't have anything on the Bucks. I mean, Taysom might rush for, like, 200 yards, and they're going to let him. Um, but give me the Bucks. Give me the Bucks all day. Yeah, give me the Bucks. Give me the Bucks. I think they're going to get rid of that curse because uh, they don't have anyone confident enough to quarterback to this. But, hey. I think Hayes Taysom would have a good fantasy day. I mean, but that's kind of anything with him because he's just so versatile. But, hey, Jose's got to go to the gym. He's got to watch the best superhero movie I've seen in my life. So, we'll be back to you maybe sometime this weekend if we got some time before I I kick it off to Mexico. But I'll be bringing you all with us. Don't worry. Um, We'll have to talk some Marvel because literally it's a movie. I know you guys are going to blow up the group chat the second you guys finish (laughs) the movie. And I'm going to be sound asleep. Uh, before I head off back to running the same coast uh, next time you guys will see us because I'm heading off for uh, winter break. Uh, this was my last day here at the U. So, well, I mean, for the semester, of course. But, hey, we'll be coast on the same coast. Who knows what happens? But without further ado, it's us signing out. Peace. <laughs>